All power and glory go to God. All greatness is from God. When a hero stumbles, well, the cowards rejoice. Nothing feels better to a coward than to watch a brave guy fall. Got a story that's behind his tricks And every GM got a story that's behind his picks And when you listen, pay attention to the details You can hear the ocean when you listen to the seashells A newborn taught me wisdom that college couldn't And college taught me how to talk more because I wouldn't Words are sharper, they can reshape your disposition Give out love and don't worry about your acquisitions too worried about the conflict that you pension, but your team is too much for you to carry in your own division. Palms is itching, about to run into some money next. Lord made me slow it down, cause I was surely missing steps. You will step into my goals. Man, New Ginobili, can't nobody hold me. I need change like a gentrified neighborhood, but money ain't the only thing that can keep me straight for good. Bread alone is only good for the physical. Better make sure your soul's attached to your backbone. Verses for your vertebrae, chapters for your shoulder blades, books for my mental state, and letters on my dinner plate. You consume by what you consume, and the fumes from social media can mess up your cool. Clickbait on the internet can ruin your food. But depression ain't hashtag mood. I wanna see the moon when I stare up at the constellations to connect the dots. Vision's very clear, make moves, connect the plots. And return all the earnings to my family. Prayers for my health and for my sanity. Yo, 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 we back again, KRSM 98.9, every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. We got the brother Nick Muhammad up here running for Ramsey County Commissioner. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, brother. How are y'all doing? We doing amazing, man. We, we glad to see you. We're glad to see you out here doing doing what you're doing, man. This, this, is, this is huge. This is huge. Um... What we what we like to start off with is tell our guests, you know what I mean? Tell our guests a little bit about yourself, you know what I mean, and, and, and what you're running for and all that stuff, all that good stuff. Just some information, background information about yourself. Got you. Well, uh, my name is Nick Muhammad. I've been involved in the Minnesota political activist and consultation scene for about 20 years. I'm also the executive director of Black Civic Network, which is a 501c4 a nonprofit that works at the intersection of black family interest and public policy. So we, you know, we consult with like the state department of public human services, Ramsey County, uh, city governments, uh, and different various departments and anywhere where there's um, resources and policies that impact and intersect with black families. And I've been doing that for the last four years in Ramsey County actually was one of our, um, 
most active uh, uh, clients, if you will. And we've been, you know, kind of trying to bang them into shape around, you know, policies that get straight to the point and actually, you know, create more infrastructure inside of the black community. They've done a lot of data diving on, you know, how different communities are going per ethnic group. And what they found was, you know, obviously there was a lot of disparities in the black community, but when it's time to build solutions, it's a, it's a lot tougher to mechanize policies and protocols based on what they found. And one of the things that I'm, I'm noticing is that, you know, if they don't want anything to happen, people who've been there for, you know, 30, 40 years, they'll hide behind things like federal guidelines, right? Right. Uh, right. Things that they know are not working, uh, but they're going to hide behind it, even though it's producing an undesirable outcome for the county and for the residents, and most importantly for our community. So, right. you know, we've been working with them to kind of get ahead of that and be more proactive. And, you know, some of the things that we found were very interesting. You know, they gave me an award for pushing them forward. I guess that's their way of trying to see if I'm going to calm down, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what's up, man. So, uh, you know, last year um, I live in District 6 and Representative um, or, or uh, Commissioner McDonough decided to step down and I wasn't tripping too much because, uh, you know, one of the biggest champions that kind of made sure that the conversation we were striving to have in the county was moving forward was Commissioner Carter. Um, and, you know, selfishly, I was kind of hoping she'd stick around for one more term. But, you know, when I look at it, she's... She's more than done her term and earned the right to tell, you know, everybody that this is her last term. And I, right. I understand she's been a, a warrior since she's been in there. And so, you know, when she decided to step down, I got, a, you know, beside myself, like, hey, look, either either I'm going to sit here and wait for somebody to step in that I got to school on all this stuff we've been fighting for for the last two and a half right. years. Or I could just jump in and do it myself. Um, so, right. You know, that was the impetus for me throwing my hat in the ring to to run for county commissioner. So that's Yo, that, that that is that is crazy. Yeah. So okay, number one, number one, we gonna have to talk to you about that. Uh uh the uh so you do you got do you got is yours not a political pack? Uh uh yours not a pack. Do, do you run a pack? Your black no. uh Black okay. City Network is just a 501c4. We we kind of operate like a pack, but we're not necessarily going after any one particular candidate or party. We do right. have the flexibility to, but a pack would concentrate exclusively on that. We want to impact policy. And, you know, once we get to a certain level, we want to be able to endorse. We want to be able to actually weigh in on things that affect our community. But in the meantime, we're going to carve our teeth in the policy space. I think Absolutely. That's exactly we, we, what we, 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 we was talking about. We, 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 we going we, we gonna, we gonna to talk to you. We're going to talk to you for sure about that. Uh, yo, that, like, like uh, it's so crazy. All right, so I'm going to just give you a little uh, a little, a little background story. Okay, so me and Sam, we were starting off, we, was, we wanted to start, you know, like our own pack. You know what I mean? Just, just like, get behind people that Kind of, you know, that, that, that we we mess with on, on the same wavelength, right? You know what I mean? So we was thinking, and we we have been plotting for probably about how, how long we've been how long we've been talking about this, said? Man, um, months, man. It's been months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably about like eight months, eight nine yeah. months, something like that. You know what I mean? We've been planning this stuff, and we've been even talking to lawyers about all this stuff. And 
I'm sitting here thinking, we and him even talk to each other. We say, yo, like, who would be dope to run? Like, like, like who, who share like, like some of the same, you know what I mean? Some of the same thinking do we do? We like, man, like, I don't know, man. We was like, yo, we was like, Nick Muhammad, bro. We was like, yo, we was like, hey, yo, it's so crazy. It's so crazy, man. It's so, it's so crazy. We was like, yo, Nick Muhammad, dude, we was like, Oh yeah, Aaron Price too. We was like, because we had that conversation with y'all. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep, yep, and, yep. And, 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 and that's why it was so crazy when we saw like your name come through. You know what I mean? That you was running for a uh, uh, county commissioner, man. And it was like, yo, we was like, man, we was excited about that. So we definitely going, we definitely gonna help out the best way we can. Yeah, man, much appreciated. Yeah. So, yep. so, so, what is actually like the um, the responsibility of of a commissioner? Uh, for a county, what's the, what's the responsibility of them? So technically, the commissioners are responsible for administering county agency services and programs to the entire region, right? So you know when you think about things like public housing, um, all of the welfare programs, Department of Public uh, uh, Safety, uh, things involving transportation, parks. You know, it's a whole plethora of things that have to do with the quality of life, but particularly they're supposed to be creating programs that improve the individual so the individual can show up better for their families. And then the idea is that it'll build long lasting, strong, stable communities. And that's their role. And, you know, they obviously have uh, a nice little, little budget that they have to wrestle with every year. I think the, the Ramsey County deals with around between 1.5 and $2 billion every year in rolling out these programs. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand, you know, how much power that is because it's not a talked about seat. Right. But right. each district, they're responsible <clears throat> for making sure that the quality of life in those programs are actually producing the outcomes that, you know, make the, the region desirable to live. Wow. Wow. Oh, OK, so I, you already told us this. But but again, so what was your motivation behind running running for the Ramsey County Commission? Like like. <clears throat> What was your like? Did you ever see yourself r- being a politician at any point in your life? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> anybody who who knows me knows me. Right I'm behind the scene, right? I'm not the right. that likes to, you know. I don't like cameras. I don't like, you know. I don't like dealing with the press. No know, doubt. At the end of the day, unless it's our press, because I can, you know, I can vet mm-hmm. people. I uh, exactly. There's a lot yep. of. People that want to look for that little sound bite, you know, after I oh, you already know Minneapolis, I was like, see, that, that just reinforced what I what I, you know, my bias. But you right. know, the short answer is no, I didn't think about myself doing it. Like I said, it wasn't until Commissioner Carter stepped down that I got worried about all the work that we have been doing thus far and watching that unravel. And the notion of having somebody, you know, when I looked at who was running for the seats, you know, we do have somebody that has a lot of weight that's running for Commissioner Carter's seat and uh, Representative Moran. And I think that's great, um, but we're going to need, and one of the things that I noticed is that there hasn't been any black male representation at the county level mm. in leadership. I don't, only, I don't, I don't think ever in right. Ramsey County. So um, one of the things that, you know, prompted me to throw my hat in the ring is there's a lot of people who kind of try to nuance their way through black experience and black needs and particularly with you know 
our role as black men in the community is kind of like our voice is co-opted by everybody and everybody thinks you already a couple books and all of a sudden you got the black male perspective so no need to listen to them no need to see how deep the well goes no need to get that voice right and more importantly no need to actually see what kind of thought leadership they have to offer so instead of me you know waiting to see if you know anybody's read any books like i said <laughs> i want to step up to the plate and, you know, I'm a data guy. When I looked at the statistics right. in some of the departments, it's abysmal right now. They, We all know that a lot of things that are going on are not sustainable. We all know right. that some of the fundamental breakdowns of, of, you know, family units, particularly in the Black community, is not sustainable. We all see the correlation, the correlation between, you know, the breakdown in family, poverty, poverty leading to crime and criminal activity, and one of the things that, you know, I really want to jump in and kind of draw the line in the sand on is everybody loves to talk about things like public safety. And I challenge mm-hmm. them, I say, look, how serious are you about public safety? Because the people we read about today that make the headlines, you know, carjacking, you know, if they're out here shooting, gang banging, selling drugs, <clears throat> those were the kids on the playground 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. Our resources no guidance, and we didn't actually do their family any justice in the way that they were they were serviced by these county agencies and these county programs. In fact, we probably created more dysfunction than we solved. And wow. so here we are 10, 15 years later, and you want to point the finger and say, look at how bad this person is. Well, you all wasted almost a few billion dollars in the last 10 years on a failed outcome. Right. Today, I'm not going to walk in there thinking that we've got the job done. I'm I'm walking in there looking at what the actual outcomes are and that it's an abysmal challenge and a failure, you know, relying on policies that were developed. A lot of them were developed at a time where you could use the N-word on the open congressional floor. Times have changed. Time for those policies to change. Right. Right. It's not the same, you know, uh, environment. So, you know, we got to come in and act on what we know. So, so, so what, what do you think? Okay. So as a, um, how, like how important do you think it is for just the younger generation to see a black man, uh, 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 uh running for what you're running for? Cause you said it, it ain't no like black men in this position, right? Yeah. And I want to be, I'm going I'm to walk back just one piece of that. Not okay. just a black male face, right? Right. Somebody who actually understands the, the role, somebody who right. understands the, the community, somebody who's accessible, and somebody who's not gonna cower and walk in with they, you know, they 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 hat in their hand, bargaining from a position of weakness. No, we Absolutely. need to be able to to express the brilliance that's trapped inside of our community by black men and women that oftentimes doesn't actually get adopted by some of these power structures. And that's what right. I want to demonstrate. You don't have to divorce who you were, come in and tailor yourself and act like, you know, you're you're trying to assimilate. And at the same mm-hmm. time, we're nobody's open enemy, right? Like we're the right. people that can sit back and say, hey, you know, we're, I know we're all from the same generation. Y'all remember them blocks of government cheese and powder milk and all that mess we had right. eat when <laughs> right. we were younger? And yep. at the end of the day, we, 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 you know, if your parents was like my parents, you know, my mom was a single mother up here from Mississippi. And I never forget the day she walked into the welfare office and the way the lady just talked to her 
My mom literally left out of that office and went and enrolled in nursing school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Facts, bro. Right, and, right. And I never forgot that lesson. And she didn't, right. she didn't she didn't feed into the trap. She, you know, went off and found herself a husband. You know, me yeah. and my stepfather, my late stepfather bumped heads at first, but you know, after a while, I, I really appreciated him. And more importantly, I appreciated the fact that my mom demonstrated that that played a role in life. You know, that was something right. that you're supposed to do, you know, go out here, have relationships and get married and, and raise families. And they stuck, Absolutely. It, they stuck it out for 28 years before you passed, you know? Wow. That's but, what's but, up. Exactly. So, you know, we, we got an opportunity here. And the main thing is making sure that these county agencies are, are doing, you know, real work to make sure that there's more families coming across successfully and not just, you know, using the, the symbolism and a bunch of charged rhetoric that doesn't mean anything or gassing up black women to think that they got to sit here and go it alone, you know, with them mm. against the world when that's not how yep. other groups are becoming successful. Which yep. they do. Do, do, do you feel do you feel like there's a there's a, a, a interest to uh to have males in the household and to keep families together or do you think that there's a lot of policies out here that is um pretty much based on separating that well since we've come to this country we've been separated because the threat of the black family unit becoming stable creates a hostile environment for oppression right if you have a strong family, you're going to have, and you got a bunch of those, now you got a strong community. It's hard yep. to oppress people when they know how to rely on each other, work with each other, and have each other's back, right? And, Absolutely. And in a capitalist society, you're going to need somebody who's going to be the floor, somebody who's going to be the oil for the gears. And historically, the Black community has been that. So a lot of the policies did create the condition. <laughs> where the outcome of fathers not being in a home became more prevalent. Now notice I said they created the conditions. So right. it's not like they can they, they went in like they used to in the 70s and look around for a man's shoes. That was a thing. Mm -hmm. Then they, right. they quietly stepped away from that because they couldn't put it into policy and it became the customary practice that everybody passed on that became a social worker and it was pathologized and spread within our community and within these government agencies as something that was an unspoken rule, right? right. Same outcome, they couldn't, you can't prove it, but that's what was going on. So the short answer is yes, there, there absolutely is, but it's twofold, right? In order for oppression to work, you have to have an oppressor and then you have to have somebody who's cooperative to be oppressed. If you're not willing to be oppressed, the oppressor has work to do, right? Absolutely. If you, if you accept yeah. the oppression, right? And, and particularly around things like family development, right? Now, there's one thing that, that we do still have power over, regardless of what people say. At the end of the day, most of us, I'm not talking about the extreme cases of rape, molestation, and things like that. I'm talking about the rest of the 87% of cases where the family units that are started or pregnancies that are conceived are through consenting adults who either understand the responsibility of what they're about to undertake or they was trying to have fun and mismanaged the power <clears throat> that comes with sex. Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. That's the vast majority. So those are the ones that I'm talking about. We right. have to reorientate ourselves to the responsibility around that and not demonize it, right? Because the other thing is we sit back and act like you know, we need all these qualifications before you can start a family. Man. But I'm watch, you know, no disrespect to any other, you know, culture, 
and, and it's not even disrespectful, and I, I'm not trying to generalize, but I right, kind of right, like right. the fact that I could look at a monk community and their youngsters are getting married at, you know, 20 and 21, yes, finishing right. college. They don't care right. about the age factor. Their, their, their community encourages them to, hey, right. you might be young, but you're old enough to go out here, start a family, you know, get yourself an education, move forward, come back yep. to the community, become productive. We'll give you a job. We have, you know, avenues for you to actually hang your hat or hang your degree or even just come in and, and work within one of our businesses and stabilize you economically. And the rest is up to y'all. That, right. that process needs to come back into the black community in droves. And at the end of the day, it's not something that we didn't do. This is something we stopped doing. Absolutely. And our power. So, like I said, it's twofold. You got the oppressor. They got their agenda. But the oppressed have a duty to make that job of the oppressor completely hard. You see, as masters of ceremonies, it's important for us to reflect on key messages through the word to reiterate our purpose of sharing this word from God on earth. It's important for us to reflect on key passages and rediscover our purpose. The Lord has been very clear on the word that he wants us to go forth and spread to the masses. Telling stories about my life like it's mandatory. Put my own weight, nobody handed to me. East Coast homies, they dress the fatigues Cause we always at war with the leads And some days I feel like AI when he at war with the lead Suffocating my voice, don't want it to breathe Pouring my heart out, cause they want it to bleed They locking all the doors but won't show me the keys Safe to say, those ain't the ones I wanna walk through My life's a movie, not the ones you wanna talk through Vivid portrayal, how they want you to fail Tsunami type waves when they ask me to sail Feel like an inmate sitting up in that cell Spending that whole day waiting on that mail But God got me even when they try to crucify me Find a better way to utilize me God said in Matthew 24 14 And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world As a witness to all nations And then, and then that's when the end will come, come if you're looking for heaven on earth, you're gonna search a long time. Thought I was doing fine, but I'm gone, not my mind. Put my hands on my eyes, got me wishing I was blind. Holding on, but I'm crying. Dear Lord, show a sign. How the hell can I explain this? Feeling like I'm caged in, wanting to be famous. Ducking these arraignments, I'm on the who to blame list. The ones not the game list. Thoughts that they portraying through their actions make them shameless. Unplug the news in the cable, cause I get it. You commentating all about my life, but yo, I live it. They got me paranoid from their lies and their perjury. Just can't lay back every day and sense the urgency. Grandma praying for me, mama wanna keep me in. Grandfather worry about me, papa knows that this the end. Explore every avenue, ain't nothing else to try here. That's the way to go. We was born here, gon' die here. There's nowhere to go. We was born here, gon' die here. There's nowhere to go. We was born here, gon' die here. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. We was born here, gon' die here. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. We was born here, gon' die here.
Yo, it's so it's so it's so crazy because if you look at and and I think what influenced us is when you look at uh, 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 um, the the ra- some of the rappers out today, some of the some of the, look. So <laughs> there you, you know go. I mean? yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so so uh, so so it, it seemed like a lot of like like I'll say male and female rappers today. Are, are are that's targeting our community is is it seem like they're like they're more individualized you know what i mean they're not talking about they're not talking about starting a family they're not talking about settling down they're talking about yo i'm getting my money i ain't got no kids uh you know what i mean and th- that's the that's the message that's being pushed you know what i mean to 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 our community you feel what i'm saying and i think we've been getting killed with that for the past i don't know how many years I, what am I going to say? I, I agree. <laughs> but I'll tell you this much. Again, they're signed to record labels, right? Right. We never talk about the fact that these labels are willing to financially fund and market at preposterous rates that particular messaging, right? Yep. We never see a blow-up album of people who say, hey, uh, I'm MC Smother Kits and Puppies, Right. (laughs) Right. It never happens. Right. Nobody gets to do that. In fact, I would be hard pressed to find any other ethnic group that denigrates themselves musically and is lifted up for it and mainstream directly to the children of those communities. You don't see it. I don't. Now, at the end of the day, again, there's there's power on both sides of the dynamics. We're not completely helpless, but it's just like, you know, a bad diet. Right. If you get people addicted to sugar and all of a sudden you want to get healthy, it's going to be a hard time kicking that sugar habit. If if from the time you young, you've been at that corner store getting that penny candy all the way up to the little. Absolutely. And then you graduate to the sodas <laughs> and everything else. Your yep. body is riddled with the addiction for that. Right. Right. Music is no different. You know, you got junk food, you know, art, you got junk food media and we just we we crave it we 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 nurse ourselves on a steady diet of it there's no balance right right and that's part of what the problem is it's not so much demonize everybody who do trap music and you know the 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 meg the stallion city girls it's just right don't have the queen latifah the 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 lauren hill factor is not lifted up in the same volume and it's not courted the same way as the extreme right Right. And that, that's where, you know, because they love to get us to, to look down our nose at one another. Oh, the, you, you a trap rapper or oh, you, you, you ain't absolutely but a, but a scarlet. You know, at the end of the day, the reality is yep. everybody has their story. Those people, yep. those mentalities were produced. Right. Yep. Nine times out of 10 by failed government agencies <laughs> environments <laughs> so that those families could actually right. demonstrate what their values were. In a right. healthy environment and see cooperative living between mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. Absolutely, no, it, 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 exactly. I, I, I kind of got two things to say because, because like, I, I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest thing. What, what my relationship with hip hop is that not only did I, I, I come up in a time where like it was the '90s, so it was the it was a so called gangster rap out. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. I, I had that, but I also had a family at home. You know what I'm saying? So anytime I had some some of those mob deep ideas in my head, 
I knew I couldn't really carry him out because I had a, you know what I'm saying? I had a, <laughs> I had a family at home. You know what I'm saying? So it was right, so, right. so so it, so it. But 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 as I got older, I, I remember I used to always think just like, yo, if you don't like it, just turn the channel. If you don't like it, just turn the channel. But then as I got older, I started to realize, yo, everybody. Everybody don't don't have that. Oh, just turn the channel. Everybody don't have nobody at home telling them to turn the channel. You know what I'm saying? So then yep. I was like, okay, the responsibility gotta lie with us too. You know what I'm saying? It can't just it, it can't just lie with with I just make whatever I want to make and the public deal with it however they want to deal with it. Nah, sometimes as us as the maker of the art, we gotta we gotta say, hey, th- this is irresponsible. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying to put out there. But but I got I got right. I got I got another thing to. Uh, to say, okay, so as we talk about family, this is something else that, that happened in, and uh, actually in, in Ramsey County. I, I, I think I'm not from I'm not from here, so I'm I'm just going off of just knowledge I picked up. Um, so the Rondo neighborhood was very family oriented. It had, it, you know, what I'm saying, and it had, you know, black homes, uh, black homeowners, black businesses. You know what I'm saying, and then they ran an interstate through it. You know what I'm saying. How can we is is the job of someone like you is to make sure things like that never happen again, uh, 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 um, for a black community. So the county commissioners do play a role in you know transportations and and plans and working with you know the Department of Transportation and making sure that we capture the interests of the community. But that's a that's a collaboration between the county. Uh, the city governments and the state, right? Right. And at the end of the day, we do play a role, but there's also, you know, in my organization, in Black Civic Network, that's the bet. One of the bedrock principles that we we ride or die on is is the concept of reparations, and we use that phrase specifically because of its legal context. <clears throat> and people don't realize when they get Black folks to stop using the term reparations or become ashamed of it. They lose the power that the actual experiences that we've had in this country have placed us in when it with regards to justice, right? So the concept of reparations, we adopted the UN principle. So there's five essential principles, you know, acknowledgement, uh, compensation, uh, recon- uh, 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 I'm, I'm having a, a, a brain freeze right now. Uh, yeah. Reconciliation. Uh, satisfaction and guarantee of non-reoffense. Now, the reason I prefer that principle is because it's a legal context, but it gives us dynamic avenues to explore how to apply a principle of reparation to any government agency. Why is this important? It's important because when you bring up something like Rondo, you know, neighborhood, the reality is what that costs the Black community you can actually begin to measure if we look at any other community that was not interrupted during that time and were allowed to keep their houses and the 600 plus businesses that we had, we don't know that could have been, any one of those businesses could have been the next Walgreens, Walmart, we don't know. They snuffed it out before it had a chance to actually continue to grow into maturity. Though that would have been avenues for the youth to be able to go get jobs, who knows what that would have that that could have grown into? That's what reparations is for. It's not just a check, right? It's it's a correction of an injustice. So we mm-hmm. have metrics around what was lost in Rondo. 
they never went back and, and fell on the sword and actually corrected the impact that they had. Everybody's been able to make a living off of it. And they have a coalition out right now that just now got back to a space where they're trying to build a land bridge over a certain section of that Rondo area. And even within that, we have a mentality that everybody is entitled in taking a multicultural approach, even though if you go further to University Avenue and you go down that corridor, there is no BIPOC presence of business. It's usually you know, a lot of different ethnic groups that have a, a lion's share of those business corridors and you'd be hard pressed to find one black building owned by a black person that houses black businesses and industries, right? That's what was lost. And other groups then have the nerve to come to the site of something that happened historically to black people and say, let me come in here and get a cut. That's as ignorant mm -hmm. as if, you know, if I was sitting at a, at a, at a, uh, a, a meeting dealing with the Jewish Holocaust, and, you know, I had nothing to do with it. My community wasn't affected. And I just came in right. like, hey, let me get a slice of what y'all got coming from. You right, know, right. You know, we all human. We all in this together. You right. Know? I right. would be looked at like I was totally insane. But for some reason, we allow that kind of conversation in those contexts to be violated. And it's really a demonstration that people really don't understand the context, the historical context of the Black disposition. And so as an organization, we make it a point to not only educate them, but we've actually authored a ADOS reparative justice bill under Senator Champion that's actually looking to establish a Department of Reparative Justice and a Reparative Justice Fund that's actually going to be an ongoing uh, fund that, that generates a certain amount of revenue every year that goes into about seven different areas of infrastructure directly into the Black community. Um, at least a billion dollars a year so that we can stop the rat race and actually focus our efforts on not only trying to establish, you know, new new institutions, but we need to be able to try and fail and not have to start all the way over from zero. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of things that have gone wrong in our community. It took 400 years to get us into this condition. We're not going to get it out in one year. Right. So, so oh, I, I got to. Oh, OK, so so. Let me ask you a question. How much damage do you think it, this question could put you in a tight space? I don't know. You ain't even got to answer it if you don't want to. I don't know. If you, if you don't want to answer it, that, that says a lot, bro. If you don't even want to ask the question, no, no. I, I trust your judgment. No, man. See, see, yeah, like, like, I, I would answer it, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Sometimes when you're running for stuff, it's a little different. You know what I mean? Okay, so, okay. Um, how uh, how much damage do you think words like BIPOC and people of color have done to the the black the the, the black community as far as like get receiving stuff? You feel what I'm saying? Oh, like <laughs> it's it's. I say it like this: it's a sham to me. Right. Reason I think it's a sham. These terms only exist in political spaces where it's expedient to use the black narrative in order to secure resources. And Absolutely. once those resources are secured, somehow the lion's share goes to communities who have a far better socioeconomic status than the average black American. And nobody wants to call that out because they're trying to live in these coalitions. <clears throat> 
if our story isn't compelling enough, the data isn't compelling enough, and justice for us is some type of notion that needs to be shared with everybody and we can't receive justice unless we're validated by other people. Like, like you know, uh, Drake said, they wasn't with us, you know, picking and cutting in the fields. You know, right. they, they wasn't right. from them trees with, with right. us. They wasn't the ones getting sprayed down with water hoses. They were yep. the ones trying to fight for the right to vote and then, then yep. turning around and establishing uh, the, 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 the policies that made it accessible, you know, made certain things accessible for us economically only to turn around and, and yep. expand it to include people who literally did not go through the criminal activities of this country, but were classified in a class that included people under the terms like minority that didn't mean anything other than you were not white. That's not Absolutely. what these programs were established for. They were established because the white community had damaged two communities in particular in the building of this community, the African-American community and the native community. Yeah. Group us in with people who voluntarily immigrated here <laughs> totally undermines and disrespects our story. Now, this doesn't mean that we're xenophobic. That's like, you know, there, there's a reparations movement in the, in the Caribbean called Caracop, right? We're all black. Now, if right. I went down to Karakob, I'm from Mississippi, you know, and, and I, I, I grew up in Minnesota, but I pop up right. in the islands like, yeah, brother, we, we, <laughs> must, we must get a piece. <laughs> Let me, you know what I say, right, brother? Right. Say, brother they, you know, they run right. off the island, bro. Right, absolutely. Because so, I'm yep. running and I'm asking to be a part of something that I have no historical context about, right? Right. And that that's, you know, we have to begin to unpack why that is acceptable. And in, in, in as far as I'm concerned, black people are loving, too loving to everybody but themselves. Absolutely. In Absolutely. Terms, terms like BIPOC, we haven't earned the right to have a BIPOC movement yet. Right. And it only Absolutely. happens once the black community is stabilized and the relationship is real. I don't want to hear nothing about BIPOC if your stores don't even make sure that there's a black counterpart. If we ain't going into the banks together by to get right absolutely and BIPOC our both our communities into real estate and BIPOC us into some land and making sure that these BIPOC entities actually translate into those the, the success of each letter in the acronym yep. I'm not trying to fall for no more you know smoke screens and that's all it was it was a smoke screen and it was opportunistic and, and nine times out of ten it's something that makes some you know liberal somewhere's job a little bit easier because they get a catch-all bucket where they don't have to work as hard and, and be accountable to the history absolutely of black life hey, you know absolutely I, 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 I told I, I told my uh i told my parents i said i said i, I told them i said be be aware when a lot of the, a lot of legislation is written that they come out and say it's for black people be aware because what they do is almost like a magic trick and they've been doing it for years they'll take a narrative that's built off of black people pain and black people suffering and black people oppression. And they'll tell you that story. And as soon as you get roped in, they'll say, so we're launching a, a, a legislation or initiative for minorities or for BIPOC or for this. Yep. And so they change the language from black. Black is the story they're building the legislation off of. But when they actually tell you about the actual bill, black ain't in there. It's always minorities <laughs> or people of color. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? It's always a slight yep. hand trick. Yeah. But one of the things that we got to do a better job as 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 a community, as a black community or or ADOS community, we also have to lead the charge, right? 
One thing yep. that I've learned in my reparations work, I got I got allies across a lot of different ethnic lines, right? And right. a lot of them either they they didn't know, and once they learned, they were on board. They were like, I, I apologize, I'm sorry, I didn't even like. I have a I have a problem with the fact that we even allowed them to put POC back into the American lexicon. I'm like, you do realize that we absolutely let it die to remove colored only signs from yep. establishments from coast to coast, only to have you all sit back and piggyback this terminology on the backs of people who don't have the historical understanding, then come to the descendants of the actual people who fought, bled and died to remove that stigma and got the nerve to call me a person of color. That shows that you completely missed the boat. You don't understand black history and culture. And if you're a real friend of the black community, that should you should understand how offensive it is. And when I yep. when we approach things like that, people start dropping that stuff like a hot potato. Like they don't want right. nothing to do with it. The real people of the black community have no problem standing with us and pushing this. And they they come across the line, but it's about us leading the charge. And I noticed, you know, one of the biggest culprits actually isn't necessarily a white person or somebody from another ethnic group, it's, you know, black leadership who's been conditioned to believe that they don't have any validity unless they approach things trying to downplay our story, downplay who we are in order to gain, you know, coalition or, or fellowship with groups that we think we Absolutely. need. Absolutely. Whereas everybody else is saying, hey, look, we're actually doing pretty good. Uh, right. <laughs> we want you all to get your stuff together because, you know, our kids are imitating your kids and, you know, we'd like to make sure that we have a prosperous future. What can we right. do to make sure that we're actually good? And those are the kind of people that I rock with and they come from, you know, a, a, a variety of different backgrounds, but we have to lead the charge on the narrative and not let people romanticize our struggle and what we're doing. Absolutely. Okay. So what makes, what makes you the best candidate for this job? Um, see, I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to say, you know, I'm the best <laughs> for the job. Right, right, right. job <laughs> is part of the problem, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what I can say is that um, I'm the best person for the district. You know, I grew right. up in East St. Paul, went to Hazel Park. You know, I got into to altercations with white supremacists, calling my mom the N-word and throwing stuff at my auntie's cars. And, you know, we remember some of the, the ugly things that nobody remembers about the, the, the area and the district. Right. I went to okay. school over there. I, my, my family's still over there. My mother's sisters, sons, uh, nephews, nieces, they're all still in that area, in that district. And there's a lot of things that still have not been rectified. So what I bring to the table is that working knowledge of the historical context for our community in the region. And I also know that the, the region has also been getting the short end of the stick all across the board with resources, you know, with, within the city, you know, boundaries and limits. The east side right. is kind of like the, you know, the the ostracized region of the city, you know. So yep. we're the north Minneapolis of, of St. Paul, right? Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> without the prosperous little, you know, areas around that can that can kind of supplement and be a transitional area. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I understand the region. I understand where we're trying to go. And and more importantly, I believe that we have the capacity to be able to produce a better region and a better quality of life. But we got to get somebody in there who's not going to actually shy away from what the challenges really are. And that's that's the reason why I'm running. I'm not there to sugarcoat what our challenges are. 
also don't need to demonize every white person or any other ethnic group. But when I look at the data, we're going to look at the data. Absolutely. Ignore what we see. Okay. If if, if the data shows this group has a 83% renters rate and this group has a 78% home ownership rate, and then we want to talk about wealth building and extraction. Well, first we need to get this particular group to talk to this group and figure out how we can get these these particular people in droves out of renter situation and into home ownership, right? right. Because that's the cornerstone of wealth building for most families, mm-hmm. right? We're not gonna be no. honest about that. You can talk about fighting for me all you want. You're not fighting for me, you're, you're fighting my narrative. You're trying to silence Absolutely. Me, right? I don't need a representative. I need somebody who's gonna get things done. And that's where we have to start. Absolutely. We, we got, we got a, one more, one more, well, two more questions to go. Okay. So, so what, what are some main things that you want to change? If you get nominated, you win. If I win, I want to approach and bring the conversation around public safety back to family stability, first and foremost. Because at the end of the day, what's going to stabilize the county and provide the best quality of life is stable families. I'm tired of people thinking that they can look at, you know, communities, particularly the black community, and give us a bunch of programs that are supposed to supplement the love of a family. Absolutely. It's not maintained. It's not sustainable. And when we talk about public safety, I want to go further upstream, you know, and begin to turn off the faucet so we can slow down the amount of you know, young people that end up inside of that that uh, narrative and then deal with the the outcomes that we have today. But we got to get a little bit more sophisticated in how we're evaluating people that perpetrate different crimes, because you'll have people who think that you just need to create a, a, you know, reopen something like Boys Totem Town and put it in the hands of racist law enforcement. And they're going to come in there and get on some scared straight stuff, screaming at these kids all day and scare them into you right. know being being upright and that's just right. not going to work we know that doesn't work it failed mm-hmm. and there's a reason it failed we need to get a little bit more dynamic if somebody got caught stealing right i need to know what the motivation was about the desperation because that's what i hear when i see somebody stealing in the store i see desperation mm-hmm. right? right what's going on what's the backstory in that exploration we'll find what's really going on with that particular young person versus you know, I'm not saying somebody who's sitting up, you know, just let off a clip on 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 a bus stop and <laughs> right. people that Absolutely. they should be coddled. No, you're going to have to take accountability for your actions. And that is deserving of, you know, you being locked up, prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But that's not the cut and dry, right? There's there's a right. progression. And as usual, as the in the early stages, people tend to drop the ball put people in punitive situations where they're in fellowship with people who are far more extreme than them. So it produces something like gladiator school where they're just sitting around. Everybody's talking about nothing but negativity. And those are the people they fellowship with. And then you trap them there for a year to two years. Mm -hmm. Get out. And the whole time they've been talking about how they could have got away or did whatever erroneous crime they did Mm -hmm. better. And so they right. go out there and try to practice and see if they got a good associate's degree in criminology or criminal <laughs> behavior. Right? right. 
that does yeah. not work. You know, we we talk about you know that that outcome. We we see that that is pathologized and, and and romanticized in culture, music, and a whole bunch of other things. We don't want to feed that. We want to do a a better and a and a more uh, thorough investigation and study on what we're looking at with each behavior, and then recognize what stage of development this person might be in and what's the impetus. Then figure out how we want to deal with them. Everybody ain't shooting up bus stops, but if we catch a kid filling some bubble gum, we might be able to do a lot more with that kid (laughs) if we do a deeper dive as as to why they feel they they need to steal something as opposed to going in and earning it and working for it. Absolutely. And brother, I just want to let you know, we definitely behind you. We definitely behind you 100%, man, 100%. We... I mean, I know you're the right person for the job. I, I mean, Absolutely. I already know that. You know what I mean? I, I, not even the job, the right person for the mission or whatever we need to say. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, we, we want to leave you with, um, is there anything you want to say to our audience before you go? Any any websites or anything you want to plug? So, yeah, what I'll do is I'll give you the uh, volunteer sign-up link and my donation link. We're going to need a lot of people to help us cover the the region, right? So there's people that vote and then there's people that historically don't vote as much because they don't know what's going on and nobody wants to engage them and they get written off. I'd like Mm -hmm. to be able to build a small army to comb through District 6 uh, to go into some of these areas and and I'll be there with y'all leading the charge. You know, there's a lot of great leadership that's, you know, running through the the space right now. And if you want to volunteer and actually help affect change, join the campaign. That doesn't mean money. If you got time, if you can make some phone calls, if you can do some door knocking, if you can, you know, help me drop some lit, if you want to help me with a fundraiser, just hit me up. You know, the more we come together and the more resources we can actually pull together, the better, you know, the outcome could be in the, in, in the chances of me actually being able to walk in with a victory and get to work for the people. Absolutely, man. <clears throat> Absolutely. We appreciate you again, brother. And yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We, de- we, we definitely want to have you back closer to November, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate right, you, man. brothers. And keep it up, man. I, I, I'm a fan. Right. Thank you, thanks. brother. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all take care. All right. All right.